0: Biden's historic executive orders, what's happening with GameStop, and ABP. Always be prepping. <laughs> Irish Man Stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This, of course, is the show where you come for the accent and the Frenchy French accent. Wee 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 wee. Ha ha ha. And you stay for the principles. We've got a jam-packed show for you today, and today's show is going to be a bit of a roller coaster because I want to talk to you I want to talk to you about. Uh, politics. I want to talk to you about what's going on in game. I want to talk to you about how you prep for the future. But I want to start today's show by talking to you about something that I think is really important because it's about your politics. And I want to explain a lot of things to you about why people like me had issues with certain way certain politicians on the right govern. But I want to start off today's show by making one thing crystal clear. There are going to be a lot of people who are going to be upset with what I'm about to say. And I want to be clear in my intentions. I'm not doing this to kind of go, ha ha, I told you so. This is why I was right and you were wrong. This is why I was right when I said this is not a good way to govern. I don't want to talk about the past. What I want to do today is talk to you about actual numbers and actual principles, but not to rewrite history, not to get into a match about, well, I was right and you were wrong. That's irrelevant. What I want to do is start laying the groundwork of what you need to look for going forward. So what do I want to talk to you about? Executive orders. You know, I've been called many things on this show. And one of the things that was, honestly, it's very funny now, but it was very frustrating when Donald Trump was president was, I was either labeled as, anytime I would say anything negative about Donald Trump, was, oh, you're a never-Trumper. Oh, John, can you not give the guy a break? Oh, you're consumed with your hatred for the man. And all this baloney. And then I would say something, hey, Donald Trump, this is good. And I'd get messages from my other conservative friends going, oh, what, are you on the train now? Have you joined Beck on the train? Oh my God. You know, I I knew you'd sell out. And I'm kind of going, no, I'm a principal guy. I would call a spade a spade. When Donald Trump does something good, I did. I said good. When he did something I disagreed with, I said, this is wrong, and here's why it's wrong, and you may have a different opinion to me. Let me give you a simple example of three big events in Donald Trump's presidency. If you go with the labels of whether you just support Donald Trump or not, which a lot of people did, and these events, you were labeled either pro-Trump or a Trump-hater. But if you actually took the position I take Your constitution first, not Donald Trump first. Let me give you the three examples. The first impeachment. I said this at the time, and I want to rewrite history. It's a sham. It's a joke. It's unconstitutional. Should he be impeached? No. There is not any way near the burden of proof. If you read the constitution, it's very clear what you can be impeached for and what you can't be. And I said at the time, Donald Trump should not be impeached. Wow, wow. Oh, you're, you're, that's it, John. You're on the train. No, I'm on the constitution train. Event number two. I wasn't on the air for this, but I said it on the show and you guys let me know how how unhappy you were. The certifying of the elections. I warned people when people are like, no, we shouldn't certify and Mike Pence should do this and we should hold off. And I'm like, DC does not have that power and be very careful about giving DC that power oh what can you just not get past your hatred john oh my god no i'm for the constitution the constitution is rather clear on what dc's role is in the elections and even the spirit of the constitution the power remains in the states not in dc i don't care who is president jesus could be president I will still be the person who says the spirit of the constitution says all power shall belong in the states with the exception of article 1 section 8 which is the 18 clauses of power that DC has. And one of those clauses is not holding up elections because you don't like the result or you think there's malpractice in the states. If there is, it's up to the states to solve. Oh, you see John, you're just consumed with hatred for Trump. Really? I just backed him on the impeachment trial. Number three. This impeachment. You know, it's funny. I'm going to go back to being on the train again now to a lot of people. Because he shouldn't be impeached. Because if you read the Constitution, what is the punishment for being impeached? Removal from office. Hmm. But Donald Trump doesn't have an office to remove from. Unless we do Joe Biden. Maybe we'll get into Joe Biden's world. And Donald Trump can be the the office of the president, former president. Then maybe you could impeach him and say... But that wouldn't be a constitutional body, so you can't really impeach him. But let's just play along. Maybe that's what we'll impeach him from. We'll remove him from the office of the former president. You see, the thing about things is, you're for principles. And when you're for principles and you hold the line, and you're in the sand, and you're like, this is where I stand. This is the way I am. I'm the constitution guy. I'm founding principles guy. I don't care who violates them. I'll call them out on it. Left or right, top or bottom. Again, if Jesus was president and Jesus was like, you know what? We need to do this by executive. I'd be like, no, sorry. Love you. You're my savior. But on this issue, you're wrong. But Jesus wouldn't do that. But that's what it is. Your principles first. I'm not far Trump or against Trump. I don't hate Trump. I don't love Trump. Same way about Biden. I will be the exact same. But this is where I want to talk to you about and look at you about the future. So I listen to you guys. I engage with you guys. If you send me a message, or you leave me a comment. A lot of you guys left me messages saying, "Hey, John, why 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 you why why do you always have a you know a, a vendetta against Trump?" I don't. I'm just very vocal about the Constitution. But one of the things over the last four years, I was very critical on this show of was all the executive orders. People were like, "John, but look, Congress." I don't care. I don't care about your excuse. You can think it justifies it. I'm the Constitution guy. There is no little asterisk in the constitution that says you should govern this way but under the following circumstances you don't have to do it this way. I am the constitution guy. I am the says person who goes the president has these powers. They're very limited. All legislative powers are in congress and if congress doesn't bend to your will you're not Barack Obama and you have a pen and a phone you're not Donald Trump and you're ruled by executive order I said this is a very dangerous way of governing And it sets a very bad precedent. Why? Because a lot of people in America view politics the exact same principled way. When it's your guy, you don't really have much of a problem. Because you automatically assume because it's your guy, quote-unquote, well, they're going to rule with my best interests at heart. It's the case whether you're on the right and you like Donald Trump, or whether you're on the left, you're Barack Obama. When it's your guy, you're rather silent about the, you know, The abuses of Congress, the abuses of the Constitution, the abuses of Article 2 or Article 1. And this is not about Donald Trump or Barack Obama. This is the same when it's Congress. If it's Republican as Congress or Democratic Congress, I'm Article 1, Section 8. You have 18 things you can do, 18 clauses, nothing else. The problem is you guys, when it's your side, have power. You tend to just go, ah, I'll take their word for it. They're not going to hurt me. They're going to rule my interests. And hey, own the lips. And the Libs go, well, let's own the right. I actually look at governing the exact opposite. I look at it and kind of go, no, I don't worry. When I see power being been abused, I don't worry about, well, it's my side doing it. It's, it's for my best interest. I look at it and kind of go, what's the next guy going to do? What's going to happen? What is? What if re- someone really bad? What happens if America elects Woodrow Wilson and you have all these you know, abuses of power? What are they going to do? That would be on steroids. That would be really, really bad. This is what I want to talk to you about. Right now in America, over the last 12 12 years and a couple of weeks, you have seen a massive rise in executive orders. Let me give you the example. Barack Obama in his first week had five executive orders. And in eight years had a combined total of 276. If you do the quick maths... That's 34.5 executive orders a year on average, right? What did Donald Trump do? Donald Trump in his first week in office did four. And a total of 220 in his four-year period. A massive increase to 55 executive orders. People like me went, this is not good. You do not rule this way. If you read anything about the Constitution, you do not rule this way. Now, people like me were raising that case of saying, hey, Donald Trump ruled the right way. But also, do not increase this precedent. What has happened? Joe Biden gets elected. And in his first week, has already signed 28 executive orders. What's the final number going to be? Now, let's put this into context. First week, Obama, 5. Trump, 4. Biden, 28. He's already added another 4, by the way. But also, the way you have executive orders... It is not a good way of governing. It does not, nothing for the consistency of the American government. Why? Because if you look at the, a good chunk of the executive orders by Joe Biden, all he's doing is removing what Donald Trump did. So effectively what you've done is, you've had a four-year blip whether you agree with it or disagree with it. Like the Paris Accords. Like the border. You've had four-year blip of saying, no, we're not going to be part of it. You were bef- part of it beforehand. Trump gets in. No. Now you're back in. You've only had a blip well what good is that executive orders do nothing are you going to do the same in 2024 where you reverse what joe biden has done now i would i would encourage you to do that but how do you get a consistent pattern of governing is it going to be in and out in and out your whole existence this is what your founders warned against they did not like this way of governing they did not like the idea that america's policy could be decided by one person that is why if you read Article 2, there is very little power in it. They saw the power being invested in one person with the king. They saw the king. They went, this is not a good system. What we need to do, and if you read any of the founding principles, and you read the Constitution, and you do any research into it, the spirit of the Constitution is based on one simple principle. That government should be extremely limited. But where there is a clear and you know, defined need for government, it has a simple principle. It should be as close to the people as possible. That is why you have the presidency at the top, the commander-in-chief, whatever term you want to give them. They have very little power. Then you have the Congress, where all the legislative power belongs. You have Congress in the House, and you have the Senate. The House is the body of the people. The Senate used to be the body of the states. That's not happening anymore. It's also a body of the people. And then you have, they have 18 clauses of power that they can do. But everything else is left up to the states, but the states even has broken down to people because you have governors, you have mayors of different cities, you have legislators. They all believe in a simple thing that where government should be, it should be as close to you as possible. Why? Because if they do something that is bad, it should be easy for you to get on the phone and go, "Hey, stop this." Let's be let's be honest. Like if Donald Trump or now Joe Biden does an executive order, you can't do. Can you get on the phone going, "Hey, Joe, this is uh, this is John from Texas. I don't like what you're doing." you think you're going to get through to him? Do you think he's he's going to go, yeah, I don't care, John from Texas, boom. Or John from Mississippi, wherever you're from. They don't care. Likewise with your house. When was the last time, you know, I, I see all the right doing all these campaigns. You get on the phone to your local, you know, state senator. Now, I'm not discouraging it, by the way. I don't want anyone to think I am. But you don't exactly get to speak to your, you know, your senator or your house representative. It's not like you're ringing Ted Cruz going, hey, Ted, you know, you got to stand against this. Oh, I actually got to Ted Cruz. No, you get his secretary or his PA or someone on his staff, and then they pass on the message, hopefully. Gee, Ted, we got a lot of calls from Texas today about doing this. You better, you know, do this or don't do this. But if you actually break it down, the reason they want it as close to the people as possible is because your state senator, your state house representative, you should have a good chance against them. And if you don't like it, if they don't hear from you, or they don't act the way you'd like them, you can go to the state capitol. It's going to the capital of your state. You don't have to go, oh my god, I live in Texas, or Alabama, or Mississippi, or wherever you live, i got to go all the way to D.C. And uh, by the way, D.C. is now guarded off. And that seems to be a permanent fixture now. So it's not like you're going to get near them. But that's why you have a principle of, you elect people to serve you, to follow the Constitution. Now going forward, what do you need to do? Is executive ruling by executive orders a good thing? No. I don't care who is in power. Barack Obama, Donald Trump, George Bush, Joe Biden. Jesus. You don't rule by executive order. Why? It's not good for the American system, but also it doesn't give you consistency. Let me give you another example. A policy that a lot of the people on the right liked. Donald Trump got loads of praise for it. Getting out of the Paris Accords. Great. Totally agree with you. But you do things the right way. Because look what happened. Donald Trump is no longer president. You're back in. Let me give you a flip side of what happens. Of what government should do. Obamacare. Remember 2010? Barack Obama had the House, the Senate and he had him. And they rammed it through. Got it through. It's now 2021. Obama had a second term. Donald Trump had his first term. Guess what happened? You still have Obamacare. Why? Because overturning a policy that has passed through the constitution, it's not constitutional by the way, but through the constitutional powers of passing the House, passing the Senate, signed by a president, it is extremely hard to overturn. Now this is not some excuse. The right are feckless, boring, dull, don't have spines. There was never really a vested interest in overturning Obamacare. Why? Because it was a great political campaign to raise money. Anytime Republicans wanted to raise money Oh we're going to repeal Obamacare This time we're going to get tough you got to elect us And guess what happens You did and they still didn't overturn it Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy Haven't got a clue how to govern Or maybe they just don't want to But it's so hard to overturn it Executive orders Oh, I'm now signing an executive order Here's my signature bum We're out, we're in This is what needs to happen Do you want to rule this way? I don't want you to think about Donald Trump or Joe Biden. I want you to think about going forward. 2024. What way of government do you want? Do you want to have a constitutional framework of government? Do you want to start working to get to it? Or do you want to continue down this path of saying, well, you know, we're just going to do what it's like. You know, the ends justify the means. I like this policy, so I'm going to say nothing. Or are you going to kind of go, no, it doesn't matter whether I like the policy or not. Feelings don't matter. It's about the constitution. Why am I raising this now? I know this is only a short. A little thing that's starting to happen. And I know people are doing this to get money. Take that all aside. The whole focus that I've seen in so many places. I've seen so many debates. Of the last couple of weeks. Of what happens in 2024. You even have polls now. Oh Donald Trump still has a large. You know chunk of support. He's by far the front runner for 2024. Great if you like Donald Trump. Not great if you don't like him. Oh, well, who are, who's the up and comings? He is different people. Nikki Haley, Don Jr., Ted Cruz, uh, Governor, uh, Christy Noem. You have all these names and they're all at different percentages and they're all, you know, everyone's going to start getting into camps soon. Is that what the debate should be? Is that really the important thing? The debate of who's going to be president in 2024? What about the platform? How about we start, you know, going? Look, we're worried about twenty twenty four. Who's going to run in twenty twenty four and who should win in twenty twenty four? But how about we actually spend time working on the platform, and then we'll base this is what's important to us. If it's the Constitution, great, I'll be your I'll be right there with you. The Constitution is important. If it's not. That's your choice. I disagree with you. Or if it's about tariffs or if it's about free markets or about pro-life, whatever the issue is, how about we start focusing in on the platform about where you want to run in and that these things are important to the American people. How about leaving people alone and not taking their stuff? That's your platform. Then when 2024 comes along, you hear what people say and you kind of go, this is our platform and they, them, her, him, they best fit the platform and then we'll support them. And let's have the debates then. Won't be happening on this show. Because I'm not going to be supporting anyone. I don't do that. But how about we start worrying about the platform. Or do we just continue on the way we are. Is it all about owning the libs. Is it all about just. Oh well we're just never democrat. Oh we're just never the left. Where What, what good has that done. That idea. That ideology has done over the last 10-20 years for America. Has America got more free or less free over the last 20 years. Has America got more constitutional or less constitutional over the last 20 years? You see, owning the lives is great. Owning the left is great. But America was different because you did not tell the world what you were against. Ireland did. When Ireland declared its independence from England, we basically went, yeah, we're not them. We don't want to be ruled by an English person. We're okay we've been ruled by an Irish person, but not by an English person. We just don't want to be them. America never did that. You look at other revolutions around the world, that's pretty much what they do. Yeah, we just think it's time for divorce. You go your way, we go our way, and we'll be fine. America didn't do that. America's Declaration of Independence, before you ever get to what the issues were of, hey, we don't like this, 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 and this, America told you, this is what I'm for. Like your lumpet, I am for all men being created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is a mission statement. What is your mission statement? What are you for? Don't tell me I'm against the left. I don't like Joe Biden. I I don't like Nancy Pelosi. Correct, I join you. But tell me what you're for how about we now spend the next year two years three years before 2024 starts about making the case of what we are for are you for the constitution are you for limited government are you for the bill of rights are you for been pro-life are you for free markets are you for the simple principle of the spirit of the american constitution where if there is a clear defined need it should be as close to the people as possible not by executive theos or do we just kind of go nah i'm I'm donald trump all the way john the choice is yours which do you think makes america more chances of successful you decide Far and away, the biggest story in America this week is GameStop. Right? Everyone's getting in. Everyone's kind of going, "What's going on? How is this happening?" There's a lot of things happening. You know, there's a lot. There's even a lawsuit filed in New York against Robinhood Trading App. There's a lot of things going on, and there's a lot of news about it. And there's a lot of people who don't understand the stock market, don't understand trading, or you know, don't understand it. They they literally kind of go, "I have a 401k invested in the stock market, but you know, I have a trader who looks after everything. I don't do it myself." So I, what I wanted to do was actually just break down what the stock market is doing, why how this happened, but also to give you a bit of information, you know, understanding of exactly what, how things happen about GameStop, about, you know, other people, about other companies as well. A lot of things in trading, there is two main ways of trading. There's the trading that most of people know is they'll get a stock. Pick a stock that, you know, let's, let's use one that everyone knows about, Amazon or Disney, they kind of go, you know what? I think Amazon is a really good company. Forget the politics. Just I think it's a really good company. It offers loads of products. It offers loads of services. It's online. It doesn't have bricks and mortar. It's got a really good fundamental, you know, s- you know, sound business model that isn't going to go away anytime soon. They own servers. You know, they're a really good company. I'm going to buy their stock. And I'm going to hold it for a long time. You know, basically I'm going to hold it for a year, two years, three years, four years, five years or maybe forever, and you have it in your portfolio, and then you own a stock of Amazon, or 10 stocks of Amazon, or 100 stocks of Amazon. And you're basically, you know, holding it to till it grows, until it hits a certain point, or you're holding it for a long term. It's kind of your retirement. It's your nest egg. That's one type of trading. Now, obviously, you can hold it for a shorter period of time. You might be kind of going, I think Amazon is going to go up in the next year, okay? Then you sell it in a year, or even three months. There's a second type of trading that's Wall Street does a lot of, and that's called you know, shorting and long a market. Effectively, what it is is you're betting on whether a stock is going to go up or down. Let me give you an example. Let's use Amazon, let's keep the numbers simple, right? Imagine Amazon stock right here, right now is a hundred dollars, and let's say you're on Wall Street and you're kind of going, I'm looking at Amazon stock at a hundred dollars. That's I don't think it's worth a hundred dollars, I think it's worth $75 really. And I think what you're seeing right now is that it's just overbought. It's in a bit of a hype cycle. You know, people are really excited about it. But I think over the next 30 days, that's going to cool off. I don't think the revenues are going to hit expectations. The earnings are going to be down. The profits are going to be down. I think over the next 30 days, Amazon stock is going to be $75. So what you do is you make a bet. So the trader will go to a broker and kind of go, I want, let's just keep the maths real simple. 10 stocks of Amazon at $100. And he pays it off. And then what he does is he goes to the market. And basically sells those 10 stocks back. and So he has $100. So he's no outlay. But he's made that bet. And he knows in 30 days he has to go back to that trader. To that market person. And say I have to give you 10 stocks of Amazon. Plus a percentage commission. For you making this bet with me. In 30 days what he's hoping. Is that he can go back to the market. And go hey I thought it was going to be $75. I was slightly wrong. It's worth $80. He goes and buys his 10 stocks of Amazon for $80, which is $800. And he gives a commission, 5%, 10%, whatever it is. Let's just say 5% of $1,000. He used to give 50 bucks. That trade alone has given him a profit of $150. And so everyone makes money. What happens is... The, the broker makes money because he has got his stock back plus his commission, his 5% or 10% commission. The trader has made a profit of $150 because he, he made a positive trade. But this always doesn't work. What's happening sometimes is, what happens if Amazon, you know, that in that 30 days doesn't go down? Let's say, using the same example, he buys the 10 stocks for $100. Let's say the hype cycle continues. Amazon, you know, continue growing. Everyone knows Amazon. Amazon, you know, everyone likes it. The pandemic hits, all of a sudden. Let's say Amazon stock is worth one hundred and twenty dollars. He has to go back to the market, buy the ten stocks because he has to give it back in thirty days. That's twelve hundred dollars plus the commission of fifty dollars. He's now made that trade and lost two hundred and fifty dollars. That's a short. That's what happens. It also happens on the flip side where you think, you know what? Let's say, let's say it's last April. You're thinking about it, kind of going, you know, I'm looking at Amazon. The pandemic hits. People can't go out. People, what do you think people can't go to work? What you, I think Amazon stock is going to go up. Why? Because people can't go to the bookstore anymore. They'll have to buy off Amazon or a competitor. But Amazon also has Amazon Prime. They have free delivery. They have TV. They have music. They have magazines. All included. They'll buy Amazon Prime if not for nothing else. Just to watch the TV. All the programs they have on it. They have Fear the Walking Dead. They can binge watch that. They can binge watch different stuff. I think it's going to go up. So you long the stock. Likewise, you know, at Netflix last year. Disney. Why? Because it's going to go down. It's going to go up. Because there's more of a supply issue. There's more of a demand for your issue, for your product than there was before. Not because of anything you've done, but because of a pandemic. Likewise, let me give you the flip side of it. You can't really, you can't trade these. But let's say your local restaurant down the road. Last March, last April. If you could, you'd short that stock. Why? Because there's a chance you're going to close. There's a chance you're going to be shut down. But also, even if you get to open up, what are you going to be able to open up? 25% capacity? 50% capacity? And that's if people want to go out. There's a lot of people kind of go, I'm not going to go out for a while. I don't want to be around people. I'm afraid of this pandemic. Your sales are going to go down. You short that stock, right? That's what they do. That is the whole market in a nutshell. Longing and shorting it. So what happened with GameStop? Well, GameStop has a lot of issues as a company. Number one, it has an issue that a lot of companies are having right now if you're in retail and you're in bricks and mortar. it's be life has become so instant gratification. Like, let me give you a simple example of GameStop. If you were a gamer, I'm not a gamer, so I'm just going to use games that mightn't be around anymore, like Call of Duty or Madden or NFL. I'm, like, I'm not a gamer, I don't know. When I was growing up, what you'd have to do is you'd have to go to the local GameStop it's out today you'd have to go to the GameStop. you have to go buy it you'd have to get in the queue and sometimes with a lot of these games because i know people who were gamers back in the day you'd have to pre-reserve it and you turn up on the day kind of going i hope i get this game i hope i get this game but they only have a certain amount of games there and there's a big queue you might turn up to the counter and go hey i want madden i want the new madden sorry we're out of stock you gotta come back in a week and you gotta wait that's what happens you don't have to do that anymore you literally get on your phone to amazon.com and go I want Call of Duty or Madden or whatever it is and then they'll post it to you you don't have to go out, you don't have to be around so Game Store is like a lot of other retail outlets, it's having problems their bricks and mortar stores are extremely expensive to run, you've got rent, you've got insurance, you've got light, you've got heat, you've got staffing costs online businesses don't have that, you can literally, if you're a small business especially, online shopping is great, you can be asleep Someone's on your website at three AM in the morning. You don't have to be there. You don't have to switch on the lights. You don't have to worry about insurance them tripping and falling. You don't have to, you know, worry about, you know, having, you know, the place warm and comfortable for them to shop in. No, they're doing it on their phone. You're asleep, and all of a sudden you wake up the next morning. So, John from Dublin, Ireland, was on your website at three AM this morning, and he bought bum 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 bum. Cool, and then I'll dispatch it. It's um, it's unbelievably simple. It's less less expensive. It's more cons, you know, more effective. That's what business they're doing. That's what Amazon has made its money on. GameStop is having the same problem. In 2019, they closed 321 branches. That increased in 2020 to 462 branches. And by March 31st, they've committed to close another 220 branches. In in 27 months, they'll have closed at least a thousand stores. A thousand stores. Just put that into context. So if you're a trader, you're looking at them. You're looking at their growth sales. It's not positive, by the way. Quarter on quarter. Last quarter they reported their sales were 30% down year on year. That's negative. That's not a good thing. So if you're a trader, you're looking at GameStop kind of going, I know retail is having a problem. There's the coronavirus is having a problem. Their sales are down. They've got this new CEO. Anytime a big company like GameStore gets a new CEO, there's always uncertainty. What are they going to do? Are they going to drastically change? Have they got a new way of thinking? Are they going to change the business model for the better, for the worse? What are they going to do? So there's always uncertainty. So if you're a trader, you're kind of going, I don't like GameStop. I think GameStop's going to go down. I think it's got a lot of problems. And what's going to happen is their sales are going to keep going down. Nearly guaranteed. Why? Because they have less stores. So what do you do? You short the market. Let's put this into context. On the 14th of December, you could have bought GameStop's price. You could have bought a share for $12.72. On the 12th of January, it went up. It kept going up during late December, early January. It went up to $19.95 a share. Okay? Again, you're looking at that kind of going, wow, I think GameStop's gonna back down. I think in January, I think it's going to go back down. I don't think, I don't think this little you know hype cycle of getting getting it up to nearly twenty dollars is going to last. I'm going to make a bet. I'm going to make a thirty day bet as that trader. GameStop's going to go down. The only difference between a short and a long bet, and it's owning the share is that people can see where you're longing or shorting it. No one knows your intention when you own a share. Like if you own a share, you could have a set price. Let's go back to that Amazon. Amazon, you buy it at a hundred dollars. You might be saying, I'm going to hold it for six months or a year or two years. No one knows it. You know your intention. Your trader knows your intention, but it's not available on the market. You might have a price target. I'll sell it when Amazon gets to 125 or 150. No one knows that. You can actually go and see, look at a market and kind of go, what is the long position on this stock and what's the short position on this stock? That's what, this is what happened with GameStop. A load of traders looked at those fundamentals and went, I think it's going to go down over the next 30 days. There was these group of investors. They call, I think they call themselves degenerates, the on Reddit, and they were all posting it. They wanted to teach Wall Street a lesson, and what they did was they bought GameStop. And what happened over the last since the twelfth, let me put this in the context of how much this has grown. On the twelfth of January, a stock was nineteen ninety five. We just said that, right? On the twenty seventh of January, it was the high it was three hundred and forty seven dollars fifty one cents. That is a huge increase. Show you why Wall Street is freaking out. Now, Wall Street does big bets, right? But let's just do a small bet. Imagine just you and me doing a bet, right? We, we're, we saw the same information Wall Street saw. And let's just keep the numbers simple. We saw GameStop is $20 a share. And we bought 10 shares, put in $200. And then we sold it back to the market, knowing we're going to have to buy it back in 30 days. And we're looking at kind of going, you know what? I think it's going back to $13 to where it was in the middle of December. We're hoping to make seven dollars a share. Make seventy dollars between us. It's not a big amount of money, we're just keeping the numbers simple. But now you're making a potential profit of seventy dollars, right? Now if we were to do that share, we'd have to buy them on Thursday at three hundred and forty seven dollars. We bought them at two hundred. We'd have to spend three thousand four hundred and seventy dollars to buy those ten shares back to give the you know to give them back to the broker if it stays at that price. That's a huge loss. we invested two hundred to make a profit of seventy dollars, potentially we're now looking at losing three thousand two hundred dollars, and that's just me and you on a macro level of ten shares. Can you imagine the numbers if you did this on a hundred shares on a thousand shares on ten thousand shares? Imagine you were doing that on that level. That is why Wall Street is freaking out. That is why everyone's crying. Because they're looking at profits. They're literally billions have been wiped off off the sheet. Now, what has happened in the last couple of days has been really interesting. But it needs to be shared with you. A lot of these trading apps, because of technology, a lot of people have more access to trading. You see, the old days of trading, what you used to have to do is you'd go to your broker. And you'd go, hey, I want to buy GameStop or I want to buy Amazon. And they would sell it to you and they'd sell you a commission. But because we live now in 2021, there's a lot more technology. There's all these trading apps, eToro, Robinhood, where you don't need to go to your trader. You can literally go on and kind of, I want to buy a stock. I want to invest $100 in Amazon or $100 in GameStop. And you do it and it's done. And then you have it accessed. And if it goes up or it goes down, you can then sell it. You can even have it so much so that you have, you can predetermine your computer. Let's just use a simple example. Amazon at $100. Let's say you buy one share. You can now on these apps kind of go, if Amazon goes to $95, I want you to sell it. It's a stop loss. You don't want to lose a lot of money because let's say Amazon, something bad happens. Or let's say, you know, you want to see, you're like, I want to sell at $120. You put that in. You don't have to look at the app every day. You don't have to constantly go, be at your computer every day kind of go, oh my God, what's going to happen? You know, is Amazon up? Is it down? What is it? You just leave it. Knowing that, you know, if it goes down to $95 or $90, whatever your stop loss is that you don't want to lose a lot of money of. It will sell it for you automatically. It's computer generated. Done. Likewise, if Amazon goes up, it'll sell for you at $120 or $150, whatever your price target is. You have to do nothing. These apps do it for you. It's so simple. There's no traders. There's no commissions. There's nothing involved. So what happened? Well, Robinhood saw this and literally everyone's freaking out. The price is going up, 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 up through the roof. And places like Robinhood then stopped trading. They said, you know what? You can sell your stock at any time you want, but you're not allowed to buy anymore. Now, a lot of people, there's a there's a suit against them in New York, I think, where it's like, you can't stop us doing this. This is not right. It's it, You've violated the, the terms and conditions of our contract. I haven't read the brief yet. I haven't had time. But they're basically bringing a case. I don't know whether it's going to be successful or not. I haven't read it, but that's what's happening. Why is this so important? You see, for the long term for this to happen, if you're looking at stock, if you're looking at stock right now, It's way overbought. It is the prime definition of what they say in the market of a bubble. It's way inflated. There's so much air in that game stock price that it is the safest bet in the world that it's going to go down if one thing happens. If people sell. That's what you're seeing if you're on some of these memes or you're on social media and you're seeing them hold the line. The only way what happens is how a stock goes up or down is supply and demand. If there's extra supply... The demand goes down, the price goes down. If there's more, if there's not, if there's more demand than supply, the price goes up. Right now, what you have to understand is if everyone holds the line, this price will hold that, around that. It might fluctuate a bit, but how certainty are you of that? Because let's put this: a lot of this happens with average Joe's, and I hate using that term, but like the likes of you and me who don't have a lot of money, we might be investing in you know two, three, four hundred dollars in the stock market, maybe a thousand dollars, whatever it is. If let's say you bought GameStop at $20, or let's say you got in on the hype, early on the hype, and you bought it at $50, and it's $300, you've made $250 profit per share. Are you not going to sell? Like, I know it's great having all these principles that stick it to Wall Street, but that's a lot of money to the average person. Like, imagine you buy 10 shares of that. You've made two and a half grand for doing nothing in a, in a week or two. That's like an amazing investment. That's better than Bitcoin return. So that's what a lot of people are going to start doing. That's why you're seeing all these memes hold the line. Because Wall Street, to try and make some of the money back, are saying, look, at this price, This is. we thought it was bad at $20, and it was going to go down. At $300, even $200, depending on what it's at when you listen to this, it's even more of a certainty to go down, because it's a bubble. That's what's happening. They're making that bet. And the longer this holds, the holds this price, the more money Wall Street is going to lose. Now, what you've had is people stopping trading and everyone lambasting them. And I tend to agree. I don't like when you stop things. But here's why it's not as clear-cut as everyone thinks. (coughs) Excuse me. Any cycle, whether you invest in anything, has hype cycles. It usually has a hype cycle. And the average person who gets in, like me and you, always get in at the end. You think Wall Street, you know, let's just take it. Let's forget GameStop for a minute. Let's just look at another project. Let's say you have a company over here and you find out that they're investing in something amazing. This is literally other, this will change how we do business. It will change how we operate in the world. Who gets that information first? Wall Street. They have it through their connections. They're like, Hey, they're doing it. They've got patent pending. They've got patent now. They invest in it going down. Let's say it and their price goes up. Then the news starts to break. They've got this patent or they're changing it. The news articles start getting in it. Then the people who are really smart who kind of go, Oh, wow, well, look at this, who are following this 24-7. They get all the news alerts. They know who to talk to. They, you know, they're not Wall Street people, but they're very big in investment circles. They kind of go, Oh, wow, that's good. I'm gonna buy it. And the price goes up even more. Then news articles start disseminating about, hey, look, there's this is new investment, and then it becomes more popular. And then all of a sudden the price goes up because people start reading the news articles. Then more news articles get, oh my God, this stock is up 10%, 20%, 30%. That's usually when you and me start hearing about it. Oh wow, that stock is going up. They've got this thing. This is going to change the world. And we start getting in. We get in at the end. Most Wall Street bought in here. Smart investors who are following this situation bought in here. Now it's up here, and this is where we're investing. This is the same with GameStop. The people on this Reddit trail maybe invested at $20, $30, $40, $50. Even if that stock goes down to $100, they've made a profit. It won't be as big as what they had hoped, but they have made a profit. The people like you and me, imagine someone hearing this story on Thursday and went, oh my God, this is great. Oh my God, I can make so much money. This stock was worth $20 two weeks ago, three weeks ago. It's now $340 and they invest their life savings on it. They're just like me and you. They buy 10 shares or 20 shares, investing a lot of money on it. What's going to happen? There's very little chance unless this goes on through. A major bigger pump cycle. Which I don't know whether it will or not. But I don't think it's likely. What happens? They lose a chunk of money. They may have lost lost their life savings. This is the number one piece of advice. And I would say this to traders. uh, You know when you're trading. You know long and shorting in it. But I'd also more importantly say this to you. Don't invest money you can't afford to lose. Because sadly in this cycle the chances are there's a lot of people who bought in at 250, 275, $300, $347 on Thursday who are going to lose a lot of money. So there's a this is not a clear-cut case. There's a lot of things to feel sorry for. But one of the things that's changing in this and this should show you why when remember when going back to Donald Trump, when people like me were always saying the stock market isn't as good as everyone thinks it is. It's not a rec- accurate reflection of the economy. It's overbought. This is a prime example the stock market is heavily manipulated by wall street by the federal reserve but also by people this shows you the corrupt system that you have wall street does this all the time no one ever cries about it the fed do this no one ever cries about it all of a sudden you have a bunch of investors on a reddit train which they've now taken down by the way because it's hate speech quote unquote. you now have them manipulating the market and everyone's losing their mind the system is against the little person This is the facts. I hope this has given you something just to think about or made, you know, what trading is a bit more. But I would encourage you to do your own research. But that is what's happening at GameStop. And sadly, a lot of people are going to potentially lose a lot of money. And Wall Street will lose even more. Spend the last few minutes of today's show talking to you about you and some of the things I would recommend you look into and do your own homework on. Um, I apologize in advance my voice is dreadful and um, when it comes to the it's cold in Ireland right now and my voice is changing and if you're a long-term listener you know every winter I struggle with my voice and it's happening again I'm trying to drink like loads of water and just my voice just isn't what it is this week I apologize hence why I'm not in a shirt and tie it was like too cold it's, Oh, just I'm a wimp when it comes to the cold but one of the things I would ask you to do is look at your finances. And I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not giving you advice. I'm just encouraging you to look into it. And I'm going to tell you why. Your country over the next year to two years is going to change dramatically. One of the things that's going to happen is your dollar is going to start buying you a lot less. And it's going to happen over a period of time. Now, a lot of people are going to blame this on Joe Biden. This is not a Joe Biden isn't going to make the situation any better and he is going to make it worse, but just to blame him is not a fair reflection. You have been on a path of borrowing large amounts of money for a long period of time. These are the fundamental facts. Since 2008, you have borrowed at least a trillion dollars every year bar three years. That is unsustainable. What happens is when you borrow that much money, and especially as America has done, you've also printed large amounts of money. To you know, to buy that debt is dollars become less, you know, become more circulated in the economy, which means they become a lot less supply and demand. There's a lot more supply of dollars than there is demand for it. What's happening is let me give you a simple example. I would ask you to think about this, you know, especially if you're older, it'd be a lot easier. I want you to imagine you have twenty dollars in your hand. And I want you to imagine you gotta go to Walmart or Kmart or Kroger, wherever you shop, Sam's Club, wherever you shop, and you gotta buy a meal. And stuff for your family with that $20 for your meal tonight. Right? Now go back five years ago. Would you have bought more or less with that $20? Now go back 10 years ago. Same question. 20 years ago. Same question. Your dollar is going to go through a period where it's not worth as much. So every penny that you can save or that you can get keep in your bank account is going to be absolutely critical to put food on your family's table and your your kids' Whether it's, you know, whether it's just you and your husband or wife. Or whether it's your kids or whether you got grandkids. Every penny you can get is going to be critical. And I want to give you some advice. Let's start with the biggest bill that most people have. Your mortgage or your loans. If you have some debt right now. It, interest rates are at record lows. There are many reasons for this. I don't want to get into them. I don't have the time. I don't want to bore you with more financial information. But interest rates. You can borrow money really cheaply right now. If you are not haven't changed your mortgage in the last couple of years, look into it. Talk to an advisor. Say, hey, I have this mortgage. It's worth X amount of money. Can we you know, extend it, You know, b- borrow it over a longer period of time? Can we get a cheaper interest rate? Basically, to get your payment down so that you have more money in your household every month. I would encourage you to do that. Likewise, if you have debts, if you've got credit card debt now and your interest rate is 15%, 18%, 21%, you got to get that paid off quickly because bad times are coming. Why are bad times coming? Your debt is growing. Government is spending so much money. Last year alone, you spent added $4 trillion to your debt. $4 trillion. You thought a trillion was bad. You're now $4 trillion. Joe Biden is in office. In his first week, he killed, what, 11,000 jobs? He's going to raise your taxes? All of a sudden, there's going to be this pressure on the economy. You passed a minimum wage act of $15. That is going to have such a big impact long term why is all this important because your economy is in trouble with the coronavirus the people are out of work or losing their jobs or just out of work and a lot of those people you know the economy is propped up by one simple fact and this is the same in america it's the same in ireland it's the same in england is that you haven't seen job losses yet because in large parts of the country in large parts of the world people are paying are out of work their job is closed but they're on the government assistance there's always in the back of the mind, the calculation is right now is they're on the government assistance right now, some description, but at some point in time, they're going back to their job. What you're going to find is, especially as this continues on and especially as the economy is hurting, is a lot of people aren't going to go back to their jobs. It'll only be then is when you'll see job losses. No one's going to report job losses now when they're everyone's just shut. But a lot of those jobs, when, th- when the government goes, okay, no more restrictions, go back to work. A lot of people are going to find, hey, I'm going back to work, right? Sorry, the company's closed. You're going to see a lot of job losses. Why is this absolutely critical for you? Because the economy is going to go down. You need to make sure your house is in order. If you've got debt, look after it. If you've got a mortgage, look after it. But also on a deeper level, if you're making investments, I don't know if you've got a bit of money to invest, look into it. You know, different things of cryptocurrencies. You know, Bitcoin, Ether, you know, Litecoin, whatever it is. If you want to invest in gold or silver, or maybe you want to buy more game stock. The number one piece of advice that no one ever seems to tell anymore is, if you're going to invest money in stock markets or in, in cryptocurrency, do not invest more money than you can afford to lose. I see so many times, you saw this in Bitcoin, and you're going to start seeing it in Bitcoin again this year because it's going to go up more. Is people kind of going, I, I sold my house, I remortgaged my house to buy Bitcoin horrifically bad idea horrifically bad idea i took my life savings out and invested it in the stock market i invested it in this i invest in that don't do it do some of it to, that you can only afford to lose that is the one thing i would say but also look into things that you can have try and have a bit of money around in the house that god forbid you can't get to the bank but also it needs to go a lot further than that I don't know what's going to happen with coronavirus or whether it's something else. But imagine yourself for a period of time where you can't get to the shops. What holds value? Yes, your guns. Yes, your bullets. Alcohol. Water. Different things. Think about, get back into that prepper mindset that was very popular under Obama. That all of a sudden Donald Trump was president. We don't need to be prepping anymore. Yes, you do. Always be prepping. Always, always be prepping. Never stop. Regardless whether you love the person in the White House or not. Look into different things. But also what you're seeing right now is all these new policies about racial lines. It's, all, it's not about unity. It's about disunity. It's about pitting one against the other. If I may offer this piece of advice, try and build your community in your local circle, whether it's in your church, whether it's your neighbors, whether it's your town, build it up and use this piece of advice. Do what farmers used to do. Back in the old day, farmers used to have a system where what they would do is they would have one farmer specialize in different things and they would all help each other out. So over here, like you would have one farmer who would always do the dipping of the sheep that you go every, every basically every farm would bring every sheep they own to this farm and do it. Then when it came to shearing the sheep, what they would do is they go to another farm. Then when it came to harvest time, they would go to, you know, one person would always go with their tractor and their harvest and the, the combine harvester to harvest the crops. They would all help each other, but they'd all specialize in one thing. Maybe you should think about doing that in your little area. If you've got family, if you've got a large family, you worry about this. You worry about that. You buy, you know, let me give you a funny one. You all buy the toilet roll. We'll buy the alcohol. You go buy water. And that when, if things get really bad, you have a whole circle. Rather than being individual where you buy loads of toilet roll, I buy loads of toilet roll, and there's all the panic and we're like, oh my God, there's no toilet roll. What are we going to do? Ah! I've been joking when I say that, but use, use your mindset. What can be popular? Why am I saying alcohol? Not to get drunk, but to use as a disinfectant. know if you get cut, you put alcohol on it. Just to keep yourself safe. Just whatever it is you think you need in your community. If you can buy seeds, do it. If you can buy, if you have a little bit of grass out the back and you, you have the mindset to do it, you know, start growing some crops. Even if it's only a very small patch, do it. A friend of mine in Texas literally has a big load of land out the back and it used to be grass. She now has this little allotment. It's amazing. I go to it when I go to it. It's, I see it. You know, she's grown tomatoes and cabbages and... and uh, I can't remember. She's, lo- she's grown loads of different things. It's, it's great to see. But, you know, if anything ever bad happens, she just goes out to the back garden. Oh, yeah, I'm going to pick that, pick that, pick that. It's great. Be self-sufficient. Always, always be prepping. I would always encourage you to do this. But for what's going to come, there are really bad economic times about to come. You're going to start seeing really things. And I think there's a good chance... It was going to happen anyway at some point because the stock market, you know, contrary to popular belief, the stock market has been gone that way since 2009. Stock markets don't always go that way. If you look at stock market history, there's always crashes. It's going to happen. It was going to happen at some point. But I think with Joe Biden in office, there's a chance it's going to cause even more. And imagine if the stock market crashes just because everyone is so invested in it. Everyone loves the record highs. If that crashes, what panic is that going to cause? What's that going to do to other markets? so the just be prepared be prepared to, to just ensure that if you uh, do need bad times to come ahead hopefully they don't hopefully everything i say is completely wrong hopefully bad times don't come but if they do are you prepared i would encourage you to spend time five minutes ten minutes a half an hour an hour this weekend or next weekend and sit down with your your family your loved ones your kids your grandkids everywhere who it is and kind of go hey what do we need to do what happens if something really bad happens what do we have this do we have you know what what's what products do we need let me give you one simple example that i have it's a it's a silly example people laugh at this but it's i i do it because i'm guaranteed not to starve every time in my house i have two big are they five i think they're five kilos of protein and why do i do that because number one i take protein when i'm in the gym is it's important for my body and for my training but the reason i do it is because worst case scenario worst case scenario That, oh my God, the world shuts down tomorrow. I don't have, you know, because we don't have prepping over and over. We don't have, you know, food storage. You know, all these kits where you put boiling water in. We don't have that. So what I have is protein. And I know that if the world shuts down tomorrow, it'll be horrible. It will not be fun to drink. But I can drink. I have like 10 kilos of protein in my house at all times pretty much. Guess what? You know, there's only a scoop of protein three times or four times a day. I can live. It's not going to be the most healthy. It's not going to be the most nutritious. It's not going to be fun to drink because it's not nice drink protein. But guess what? I can survive. I can survive for a very long time. Likewise, I have tins of beans, tins of carrots, different things. It's not going to be fun to eat tins of tuna. It's going to be like more more beans. Ugh. And especially if you haven't got power and you've got to eat them cold. That's, oh God. But guess what? You can survive. I'm making a joke out of it, but I would encourage you to do it. Because at the end of the day, I spoke last week about who's responsible for saving America. It's you guys. But most importantly, who's responsible for looking after you? You. Do some prepping, do some homework, see what you need to do. Have you got a system in place that if the world shuts down tomorrow, if let's say the Walking Dead happens, have you got a system? Have you got a community? And if you don't, start building one and quick. I hope today's show has given you something to think about. Get in touch with me on social media. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter. I'm always around, especially right now because I'm out of work. And I'm on Twitter a lot. I love engaging with You guys publicly and privately discussing it. Get in touch. Freedom's Disciple. I'm on Instagram. Get in, you know, get in touch. I love debating with you guys. Even if you tell me I'm wrong, it's cool. I love it. Until next week. Next week's show is going to be potentially very different because I've been because I've been off. I've been planning different things, so you might see a totally different show next week. So be prepared. Hopefully, it hopefully it happens. Until next Saturday at 12 noon, we finish off by saluting your police, your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and your vets. And always never forget the words that's total. America is great because Americans are good. That's each and every one of you. America is great because Americans are good. Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern, have a beautiful and blessed week. God bless. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn. On the Blaze Radio Network.